Hello, Screeders. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I like to just let everything kind of fall away and just think about games and gaming. Uh, create, use your imagination to try and think about other worlds and other characters and other stories. Is it escapism? I don't know. What I do know is today is August 8th, 2019. I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. Hey, Mr. Hobbs. It would seem the young upstart Arthur has beaten me to the, uh, to the mics. Man, you caught me on the hop releasing an episode so soon after posing a question. But it matters not. As far as experience goes, I, sir, am also buggered. I I think um, Rob's methods, if you're running a an OSE BX sort of game, they're, they're pretty legit. I'm going to try those. But, man... I think you are asking the question of questions. What do you do with experience? Ah, it's a doozy. I know. I know what you're thinking. I said yesterday I stuck a fork in this topic of experience. But hey, y'all, this is Colin Spike Pig Green, the spearhead of the British invasion of the OSR Anchorites. You can't just be leaving his comments just sitting there without putting them out. Can you? I don't think so. When you say the question of questions and the question of all questions, Colin, I can't help (laughs) but think of that scene, you know, Young Guns, where Billy turns on the whole group who are scared and not too excited about being the regulators and shooting stuff up and getting deputized and trying taking on the uh, cattle rustlers and banditos that killed their mentor and he goes that's a test of all tests you ask me so there you go experience the test of all tests or the reward of all rewards I don't know, man. I think I've decided what I'm going to do. I can only offer the same advice to you. Thanks for calling in, Colin. you got to be quicker on the draw, brother. (laughs) This is the test of all tests right here. (laughs) Hi, Hobbs. Shay here from New Zealand. What's happening to you at the moment, mate, is a sad reflection of uh, the state of free speech in America. How can anything someone says hurt you other than your feelings uh, which can only be temporarily hurt really uh, anyway I want to say you are you you're your own brand and if you let other the group or others dictate to you decisions that you make then you won't be you and uh, you won't be any different than anyone else or have any kind of real flavor or individualism uh, so stay strong make decisions for yourself and rock on Indeed, Che. Indeed. In this age of rebellious youth, 
and all rebellion is conformity, there are very few people who are really, really embracing themselves. My only problem, Che, with all of that is I still don't really know who I am. I'm still just muddling through things and trying to figure out as I go. Even now, I don't... I'm not sure I can say exactly why I thought it was the right thing to do. What the fuck? Why that needed to happen and why I had to publish or re-release that episode. But I did. And even though people are hurt and I may lose friends over it, if that's how they feel, then maybe we weren't really friends at all. I don't know. I really don't. Um, I hope that's not the case. Um, I'm a type of person, I think, who really craves that acceptance and uh, that want of being friends with people. And I try to be the best friend that I can. I know I'm not that good at it. Uh, Maybe it's selfish. Maybe it's just lost in my own world too often. I don't know, but I know that right now, today, at this moment, I feel relieved and like there is a weight off my shoulders that's been on it for a while. I'm still not positive it's the right choice, and it makes me a little nervous that I don't have a perfect pros and cons and making a decision like I think you should. It was more of a gut feeling and I don't know live reads are never that good are they I don't know I'm dropping some poker talk in on this conversation anyway it is what it is we all make mistakes we all learn from them we all hopefully grow and uh, keep on growing and uh, either way we'll get through this together y'all Or we won't, right? (laughs) Uh, What a funny conversation. Regardless, Che from New Zealand, I appreciate the call in. I appreciate hearing your opinion and uh, your support. So thank you for that. Hey, Jason, it's Liren. I really appreciate the conversation that we had on Audio Dungeon about this. Um, I think when you interview someone, whether or not you had the time or energy or resources to properly research them or deeply research them or whatever word you want to put with that, there can be fallout and people are responsible for the things they do and the words they say. And I don't mean you, I mean him. And at the point that you interview someone that is controversial, and I believe you said you knew he was controversial when you interviewed him, Um, there can be some fallout for that choice. And not everyone is going to be unaffected by the things that that person did or said or supported. And the people who are affected by it are going to have a negative reaction. And there was Liren from the updates of the middle... (laughs) Updates from the middle of nowhere... I thought for sure I was getting it right this time, Liren, but I know I got the end product correct. I don't, in the middle, I kind of messed it up. Sorry about that. Um, yes, I, uh, I'm very, very aware 
of uh, repercussions for our actions. Um, I'm getting close on 50 years old, and I've been dealing with uh, repercussions on my actions for about 50 years. And I also understand that people are hurt, but they really shouldn't be. I'm not (laughs) propagating white supremacy. The interview doesn't propagate white supremacy. And that is nothing that I would ever be on board with in any way, shape, or form. Nor am I a misogynist. Um, And I don't exclude anyone for anything. I cannot control how people react, right? I can only control how I react. People are responsible for their own reactions. That's one of the problems that's happening in my opinion, with our society today is we feel like other people are responsible for how we react to things, and that is not the case. You are responsible for how you react to things. I mean, there is a lot of weird shit that I'm seeing more and more, obviously, because everyone's trying to share with it to sway my opinion. Um... I don't believe my buddy Goadster when he says that I've decided that his voice is more important than other people's other people's voices. I, I don't I don't think that's accurate. I think it's accurate for people to know and to hear and to listen and understand. And if they don't want to, they just don't have to. And, and like I mentioned previously, I may change my mind. I don't know. It wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) But I can tell you that people uh, are offended and react regardless of what I do. It doesn't matter. If I put it on, one group of people is upset. If I take it down, a different group of people is upset. So there really is uh, a no-win. It's either a no-win or a win-win, right? Because one group is happy. If I dig it down, one group is happy if I don't. So it doesn't really matter what I do one way or the other. People are going to be affected and have reactions regardless. Which is, isn't, I mean, it's, that's harder than really how I feel about it, that terminology. But I don't know any better right now. More to think about, of course. But we shouldn't always stay in the depths of despair and struggling with what we're thinking about. Take it away, Darren. If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sad nav man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. And now, something for... (laughs) Oh, my announcer voice got me screwed up, guys. And now, something a little different. Today was supposed to be my... Black Powder Black Magic Road Crew game. But I got my schedule all messed up, and I thought today was tomorrow as far as work went. And uh, I was planning on some very specific things 
and uh, I realized I was wrong and I had to take off without all of my gear so I don't have any of my stuff to run the black powder black magic game which really uh, has me sad um, I've been struggling in general and um, these games they kind of help they make my mind think about other things and try and focus on these imaginary creative worlds that uh, I try to build with the players and I thought maybe since I can't play in the game I should talk about it a little bit I don't know if I've ever talked about black powder black magic at any length on random screed I have on Hobbs and friends um, but black powder black magic is it came out in zine form there's only four of them I believe and it's a western weird west game slash setting that you bolt on top of your dcc chassis so it's using dice chains and uh, weird magic and that sort of thing it um some people call it deadlands in dungeon crawl classics but it doesn't use ghost rock and when i mention deadlands it's only by third person at best I've never played Deadlands. I bought the first Deadlands book, and I thought it was sweet. The whole huckster thing and, you know, weird science, la-da-da. But uh, it's not called Ghost Rock in Black Powder, Black Magic. And the setting doesn't have as much material, so it hasn't been propelled in as many directions. And uh, it doesn't have the depthness of genre setting that Deadlands does. In its own way, I believe Deadlands created a new genre. They call it Weird West Role-Playing, but I mean it's Mad Science. It's all these other things that have that are way past Weird West, if you ask me. It's almost like the Deadlands genre. Picture the mighty U.S. of A. near the 1870s. I'm guessing uh, as the Civil War is wrapping up, and instead of gold being found in the Dakotas, uh, demon ore was found. Uh, no one really knows what the demon ore is, but it uh, grants special properties. It allows uh, different things to happen and creates kind of a flux in the quantum energy. And people can cast magic. They can do any number of weird things. Um, it's very easy to draw. I shouldn't say easy. It's easier and uh, obviously this is going to depend on the judge or whatever, but to draw in unwholesome creatures from beyond the veil. Uh, the Dakotas become the dark territory, and everyone is kind of curious what it's all about. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of what the whole setting is. And uh, I always start it the same way, using the funnel in uh, zine number one of Black Powder, Black Magic, where you get on the Devil's Cauldron, a train heading from the east to the Dark Territories, to Brimstone itself, ground zero of where the uh, Demon Ore was found. And uh, you get in adventures, and you meet some different people, and uh, get a acclimated or acquainted with some factions in some way and then you reach brimstone and then it's kind of just like an urban crawl after that so let's move on so starting to talk about this a little i'm pretty sure i've mentioned it in the past and i even talked recently about one of the players 
and his hair trigger on everything that happens. But, so, in Black Powder, Black Magic, you get a... The first zine is a funnel. And it gives you everything you need. Uh, the interesting thing about Black Powder, Black Magic, in contrast to, say, Dark Trails, is how the classes are really just kind of slightly reimagined DCC classes themselves. So they'll fit right in with each other. So there's direct um, accessibility between, you know, dwarves and the gambler or that thief being like a thief or the halfling being similar to the gambler or the miner really being the correlation to the dwarf. So you could actually use your DCC characters in Black Powder, Black Magic, and they would be relatively balanced with each other as far as the game system goes. Where at Dark Trails, it builds a ton of things on top of um, Dungeon Crawl Classics for each class. So uh, it's a lot less complex than Dark Trails. And honestly, I don't really think <laughs> the classes are as big a deal because everyone's just, you know, shooting guns gun the great equalizer so it equalizes between the miner and uh wizard and whatever of course it's dcc so magic can be op right can be kind of crazy compared to the others but it's all right the clerics kind of follow a paradigm of whatever religion so they could be like a baptist minister they could be an irish priest they could be uh indian Ooh, Jan, or that's not even right, but I think you know what I'm saying. And so it kind of follows the tradition, and uh, which is pretty DCC-esque anyway, because it follows certain traditions, which is why they can use different types of weapons, and they can also do uh, all sorts of interesting things, uh, depending on what they're trying to turn or not turn or whatever. I should mention that that first issue... Uh, does some interesting things as it's a funnel that kind of helps create your character a little bit whereas it gives you um, a table that tells you what the reason that you're leaving the east for the dark territories and brimstone are uh, like a token of the past and uh, it was definitely a strong inspiration for my own game good intentions but i had enough differences that i thought it was worth making a game i still do uh, but it's definitely on the back burner so, in this game, the characters, which seems pretty common. I mean, this is maybe the fourth time or fifth time I've... Not that many. Two, second or third time I ran and let it lead all the way to Brimstone to see what the guys would do. Uh, one of the things that I almost always kind of put out there as a hook, a possible situation, is the Chinatown Showdown, Chinatown Showdown which is... Uh, an adventure that was written for the Brimstone Census uh, by Eric Hoffman. And I've ran this at a con. It was my first con game I ever ran, actually. And it has some pretty funny stuff. I've play-tested that adventure a few times. And uh, I thought that's what we were going to get to tonight, is uh, a little deeper into the Chinatown showdown. But no, nope, not going to happen. I screwed it up. Can't play tonight. But uh, I was wondering about what you guys think. How often do you run like an urban crawl? Like you're in town and what happens? A town like Brimstone is really a fantastical location. It's got this massive pit a mile across in the center of it. 
and miles deep and this is where they the different uh i was about to say corporations but that's mining companies and such they go down into here and then they try and mine some demon ore and then they try and bring it up and uh smelt it and turn it into whatever and there's a lot of opportunities for weirdness to happen around brimstone uh chinatown showdown mostly focuses on chinatown but it has some different different areas that have different feels and uh what i was really thinking about and i even asked one time on the discord but i thought there's probably some people that listen to this show that aren't on the discord what do you guys think how how do you run your urban crawls what do you do i mean is it all random encounters is it all railroady stuff uh how do you how do you do it I've slowly been building these this faction play and giving different characters connections to the different factions and then just seeing what they do and who they decide to side with. Uh, I should reiterate that this group is not like my friends. They are my friends now, but they weren't originally. They were just some randos found on Facebook that happened to live in the area and me trying to uh, extend my social circles locally. So they're pretty murder hobo-y, honestly, from what I expected. Uh, at least one of the players, not all the players, I should say one, but he seems to be the stronger voice amongst them. So that kind of helps drive that style of play. Um, but I'm interested to see, you know, what what really happens and what goes down from here. But uh, I was also curious if anyone had any thoughts for. You know how to run these urban crawls, especially an urban western weird 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 rest weird west type of game. I uh, I don't even know how you would explain it. I mean, in Brimstone, you have some old European houses that were built. Obviously, these houses couldn't be that old. It's America, right? But. Uh, <laughs> It definitely has this feel, prospect heights of uh, older Victorian type of houses. And I even wrote an adventure for it. Um, basically a hedge maze type adventure where some things are going seriously wrong. That they haven't, they never grabbed that hook, so they haven't been able to play it. I've play tested that a couple times. It seems like a fun adventure. Um, but I guess what I'm asking you guys are what are some hooks? What are some three-sentence writing prompts that can create some fun. So I guess I was going to talk more about some of my other campaigns that I'm running, like um, Lost in Agata or Best Served Cold or obviously The Red Road started up again, which I'm excited about. Um, These are all different games that I'm playing, and they all have very, very different dynamics socially and uh, play style wise which is kind of strange you'd think a GM might have a method of pushing a particular play style and I'm certain that I do but I'm not sure what it is <laughs> oh. anyway guys I was uh, really interested in talking more about imaginary worlds and settings and stuff so if you've got any thoughts on the West Weird West Urban Crawl. Let me know. 
And uh, if you have any questions or want to know more about some of my other campaigns, that would be awesome. Let me know about that, too. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this trip through Mr. Hobbs' Gamerhood. Won't you be my gamer?